Hi, Dan. Hey, Katie. Welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of, a history podcast. Don't we talk about people from history that you may or may not have heard of? <laughs> I reckon everyone's heard of this person, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see later on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm too bad. I'm um, tired <laughs> still. Yeah, I'm super tired because I woke up at 5am two nights ago yeah. with the worst pain in my left shoulder. Okay, then. And I have no why? idea why. Like, I'm I didn't just... do anything to it. I'm just getting old. Oh, man. And I could not, I was, I couldn't, basically, I couldn't turn to my left. It was so bad. Oh, man. So I started to, like, crawl out of bed and get some, like, yeah, anti-inflammatories and some deep heat on. Did you just, like, sleep on it weird? I guess so, but it's been pretty bad the last couple of days. It's a little bit better today. I did some, like, yoga for back pain earlier yeah, yeah nice. just before i spoke to you so that that should help oh nice well you're a, str- a spring chicken it's spring chicken i'm only a couple of years younger than you <laughs> <laughs> many like five years younger than you that's like half a decade <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because when you're 40 i'll be in my mid-30s mm. Oh God, that'll be that'll be fun oh god what's happened what happened to my life <laughs> how did it happen um, have you seen that uh, the cinemas have pushed back their opening and they're opening on your birthday now? Are they? Okay. Yeah, then. so you can celebrate by not going to Cineworld if you, yeah. <laughs> if you, you know, <laughs> that's your thing. I think the pubs are still opening, but they've got all these rules because my housemate's like a DJ and yeah. he was going to have a gig on the first night open, but apparently you're not allowed DJs, you're not really? allowed comedy. You're not allowed live performances, dancing, singing, anything. Speaking of good shows, a new program that looks right on both our streets comes out tomorrow on Netflix, Unsolved Mysteries, ah. which is a true crime, unsolved true crime things, which oh, nice. is always my jam. Yeah. I have to definitely check that out. I, c- I kind of want to go somewhere on my birthday, though. I'm thinking of getting a train all the way down to, like, Wherever it is, Bournemouth. Don't go to Bournemouth. <laughs> Have you not oh, no, seen the pictures? Not to go to the ba- beach, to go to the tank museum. Oh, nice. I hope it's open. It definitely is. Fact, hey, I'm it's a like, Friday. Look. I could come with you. It? Uh, it's a Thursday. Oh, it's a Thursday. I could still come yeah. with you. I don't work either <laughs> oh, of yeah, these days. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> we could go look at tanks. <laughs> Let's not get really drunk like after the time they went to the Imperial <laughs> War Museum. <laughs> we handed in God our this. essays, went to the Imperial War Museum like we were total bosses, <laughs> and then got smashed. Absolutely hammered. Ate no food for like the entire day. And just yeah, got really drunk. we should have gone for a pizza or something, but yeah. no, we just went straight for the bar. <laughs> just got smashed. <laughs> I think I tried to eat a pizza like at 10 pm or something, but I was far too gone by then. Yeah, I think I went to McDonald's. Had a big tasty. That's how, like, <laughs> that's how every night out ends. Yeah, what else is happening? Well, we're approaching my best friend having a baby. She's due in. She's due on Saturday, and she just bought an ice cream machine. So best really? mom ever. Oh, best mum ever. <laughs> she's got like time to master it. Yeah, it's exactly. Mega young, so by the time it's conscious of these sort of things, she'd be like an ice cream expert. Yeah, ice cream. I wonder if that's a thing. It has to be a thing, right? Like a real job. Well, an ice cream expert. Yeah. Yeah. Someone like like well they. Isn't there a name for it? There's there's all these like crazy awesome jobs like out there like um, Egyptologist. That's one of my favorite oh, yeah. favorite ones. I started watching a new show about Egypt actually, where they use like 3D mapping. 
Yeah. Have you seen the show? It's on BBC. So they've used like 3D mapping to to show what's inside the pyramids and how like deep they go and like what it would have looked like hmm. like, you know, 5000 years ago. Nice. Yeah, 3D mapping is cool. It's on BBC. I don't know enough about ancient uh, Egypt. It's something I need to uh, to get into. Get into that. Get into it. I'm going to really get into Actually, this genuinely what I do. So about two years ago, I was like, Matt, I'm going to get into into dinosaurs. Because like, I always liked dinosaurs. <laughs> but I was I'm going to get really into dinosaurs. And he was like, okay, cool. And then immediately went out and bought like books on dinosaurs, like a dinosaur encyclopedia watched everything on dinosaurs like when i get into something you can't stop me like i am now fully into dinosaurs a little bit obsessive look i've got this triceratops lunchbox right here that's a tiny lunchbox How are you it's because it's lunch got that? homemade hummus in it so. oh, okay then you just eat with a spoon yeah like a yogurt like a so, savory yogurt i'm on this like health kick diet which basically, for me, just means not eating, like, a chocolate bar every day. Like, I eat a chocolate <laughs> bar every day. Like, I'm just like, no, okay, you need to, like, stop expanding. Because otherwise you have to buy more clothes and you don't have the money for that shit. Um, so I just thought, you know, I've got a bit of a bit of a health kit, be a bit more conscious. I've only been doing this for a couple of days and I already, like, in my mood is, like, so different. I'm really awake and stuff. <laughs> No yeah. sugar crashing, like yeah, that's the problem with like consuming loads of sugar. You get like the sugar rush and then the crash. Yeah, the crash for me is always so bad, and yeah. I'm just lying in bed being like, I should be doing all of these things, <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah, Charlotte made cinnamon buns yesterday, so we've been having oh, those for breakfast. So, like, it hits like midday, and I'm just like dead. So the oh, sugar's dang. just gone. It's just gone from my system. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, so we booked a little countryside trip today. Oh, yeah, where are you off to? We're just going to go to the Lake District for four days. Nice. In a couple of weeks. So that I messaged the Airbnb beforehand being like, you know, is it okay to book? And they're like, yeah, because yeah, like, we don't interact with them. They've got like yeah. a little lockbox for the key. And they've got they've said they've already printed off their COVID protocol and you just follow the cleaning steps and everything. Mm-hmm. So we're just hiring a car and going to the Lake District and we're just going to walk around some big lakes. Nice. <laughs> get away there. from London. I love the Lake District. Is anything going to be open, like restaurants and stuff? Some good places to see around there, actually. It doesn't need to be open because all we're going to do is go for walks. Yeah. And I'll just cook because we've got an Airbnb, so... That's true. They've got a stove and stuff. And a jacuzzi bath... Really? Oh yeah. wow! With the with the buttons, swish, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to one of those since like I was like ten. Was at Centre Parks. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I'd miss you know, I'd miss just having a big like club lunch after a massive walk. Yeah, that is the best. A good way to, to cap well, off a day. Pubs are open, so maybe out in the Lake District there'll be um, a pub that's like yeah. Or I can always cook a pie. Yeah, that's true. Mm, I can make a pie. How good are you making uh, pastry from scratch? Yeah, I can make pastry from scratch. I've got some in the freezer because if you make too much, you can just oh, yeah, yeah. shove the rest in the freezer. It's really Still easy. Right, My mum yeah. just gave me recipes for just like general pastry. There's, there's a type of pie called a homity pie. Have you ever yeah. heard of this? No. And it's like pastry and then in it, you just put like mushrooms, potatoes, cheese, and then like onions and then whatever vegetable you want, really. They're called homity yeah. pies. That's what I'd make if I was making, like, pastry. Nice. 
They're really delicious, <laughs> and they are. I wouldn't be able to make a puff pastry, but that is impossible. Yeah, is, I just I would just buy a puff skills. pastry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is some Bake Off shit right there. <laughs> Who is your person? You've heard of this person. Also, this is quite a short person, partly because a they didn't live for very long, and b we don't know loads about them, but we do know loads about their partner. Oh, okay. Then. I thought you meant like they were a short person. Like, yeah, that's short actually, actually, this person was quite tall, so it's quite funny. <laughs> I'm shorter than this person. I'm shorter than most people, but that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Okay, so have you ever heard of Ava Braun? Oh yeah, oh, wow. there you go. I thought it might be quite an interesting one because, th- like, there's not loads out there about her life. Yeah, she's often talked about as like. Her life is like lost, the lost life of that's one of the names of her bio, one of her biographies is the lost yeah. life of Eva Braun. Sorry, I'm gonna have I'm gonna keep going back to like Eva, even though that's anglicized. Technically, it's pronounced Ava. I'll try my best to do the Germanic <laughs> Ava pronunciation, but I, I'm sorry, I am very English. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about her a bit, and then maybe at the end, what I'd like to do is talk a bit, have a little discussion about, like, her culpability, mm-hmm. and whether we fall onto the, like, was she innocent or was she, like, complicit debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Sounds Let's good. get down to it. So, um, she was born in Munich on the 6th of February 1912. So, for context, um, Hitler was born in 1889. Okay. So when she was born, he's already like twenty three. Oh boy. Yeah. So just another one of these context. relationships. For people who don't know, the reason I'm mentioning Hitler is because Ava Braun is most famous for being Hitler's wife. <laughs> so that just in case anyone didn't get that, that's why I mentioned Hitler there. She was the second daughter to her parents. So her parents were Fritz Braun and Fanny Cronenberger, and they actually both ended up outliving their daughter. Um, uh-huh. They Weirdly, they divorced in 1921 and then remarried in 1922. Okay, one year. Well, it may have been because at the time, there's a huge recession in Germany. Yeah. Like, the economy is completely mm-hmm. gone, done. And um, yes, it might have been something to do with economic reasons for getting remarried. Okay then. Or for getting Get divorced in the first place. I don't actually know, but you know, that it's likely Tax that breaks. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um so her father was a schoolmaster, um, and he eventually did actually join the Nazi party. That's not to say, you know, he was a Nazi. Good people joined yeah, the Nazi yeah. party, bad people didn't, so but just as a point of like interest. She also had a younger sister. Um, Gretty, uh, who actually lived until 1987. So oh, you wow. were, you were alive when her younger sister was alive. Jeez. Yeah. So Gretty lived until 1987. Eva was educated at um, a Catholic lyceum in Munich, and then she moved to a business school in the convent of English sisters in Simbach Amin. She had like average grades at school, but she was really into sports. she really enjoyed like doing sports and watching sports and if you look at any of like there's loads of pictures and video footage out there of her like skiing ice skating like in like swimsuits like swimming 
running. She's clearly like a tomboy. Yeah. And she this kind of continued throughout her life. She liked musicals and theatre and talking about actors and actresses and just gossiping, makeup, magazines. <laughs> Typical teenage girl. She was middle class, well brought up, and didn't have a care in the world. So she is 17 years old and she starts working for Heinrich Hoffmann, who is the official photographer for the NSDAP, aka the Nazi Party. So at first she starts working as just like a shop assistant and sales clerk and then she started working on the camera and helping develop photographs so she's in Hoffman's studio doing her work and in comes Adolf Hitler so this is in 1929 so this mm-hmm. is before the war this is before the Nazi party came to power She he's just kind of at this time yeah he's, he's a politician but he's not really anyone she didn't recognise yeah. him. She was just a guy. In fact, she said he was a gentleman of a certain age with a funny moustache carrying a big felt hat. <laughs> yeah, so that's when she met him in 1929. Her younger sister also worked for Hoffman from 1932 onwards and they rented an apartment together for a while. And Gretti like, accompanied her on some trips that she took with Hitler as well. So she's quite an important figure here too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, she... so they started like... Hanging out together, like, immediately. We're about to see. Oh, okay, okay. So, they started off this relationship in 1929. I think Hitler <laughs> was kind of drawn to her. He liked... There's a lot of kind of talk about... He liked younger girls because mm. he wanted to be, like, the intelligent one in the relationship. And he thought women should be, like, unintelligent. Because all they want oh, to do boy. is, like, cook, clean, have children. And that is kind of yeah. what, like, Ava wanted. Okay, then. Is what some biographers say i have to preface this with like there's like two sides to the argument with ava yeah so it's it's difficult to know which one is true but growing up in like you know interwar germany there was an emphasis on this especially as the nazi party came to power so it's not Hmm. like unusual that she would want to have children be a wife yeah it's quite interesting because, like, if she was like a tomboy growing up, she would, uh, she would be like that. Yeah, intriguing. Yeah, she was, um, but she was still into like makeup and magazines and actors and stuff. So she's like a tomboy yeah. in the, like her activities, but in her the rest of her daily life, she was a girly girl. So she had like, you know, if she hadn't become like the the wife of Hitler, she probably would have had a relatively like well rounded normal life. Yeah, in a middle class family, it- probably become like a teacher, like her dad, or maybe just a wife as well, like yeah. married to someone who was similar to her dad. You know, you never know what she would have become if she hadn't started working in the photography studio. Yeah, I guess that's probably why she worked in that studio, just to like kind of like get close to glitz and glam. Yeah, uh, and yeah, she started taking photos herself. I think you know she's seventeen. Seventeen year olds need a job. Yeah. She'd be a Goddamn Instagram influencer now, aren't you? <laughs> oh, God. Live now. That's a bit... Oh, boy. That's a bit weird. Okay, so, <laughs> in the early days of their relationship was, like, kind of less serious. And her father actually wrote to Hitler asking him to break off the relationship because he's, like, a lot older. Yeah. So it, this, his it 17-year-old daughter is dating someone who is at the time 40? Oh, no. Late 30s? Yeah. Um, late 30s. So at the time that they met, Hitler was living with, um, okay, my pronunciation of this, I always pronounce her name Geely, but I heard a lot of people pronounce it Geli. 
So oh, is this his niece? This is his half niece. So I'm going to pronounce it Geli oh, yeah. because that is how I've heard someone pronounce it today on a history program that I was watching. So I'm going to pronounce it Geli. Um, he was living with his half niece Geli in Munich. Geli killed herself on the 18th of September 1931 with Hitler's pistol while he was in Nuremberg. So at the time, Hitler's relationship with Geli was very. He was very devoted to her. Some people say that they were lovers. Some people say that yeah. he was just in love with her. Some people say that it was just a familial thing. I think most of the evidence is there's some kind of romantic relationship there, whether it yeah. was two-sided or one-sided. Yeah, but, you know. Definitely a bit frowny. A bit frowny. There was something going on there. And she was young too as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is like the co- closest relationship he ever had, including the one with Ava. He was more devoted to Gelly than he was with Ava. And it was after the suicide of Gelly that he started getting close to Ava. So it's almost like he's like replacing her. Yeah. Did they look similar? Oh, did they look similar? No, not really. Gelly had brown yeah. hair. Ava had blonde okay. hair. There was a time... They did both have like curly hair. But I don't know if... Hmm. Um, I've heard from in one place that... Gelly actually found out about Ava and yeah oh so there was there's overlap oh yeah there. so there's a couple there's like two years overlap um and that Gelly actually oh, like okay. found a letter from Ava or something and she was upset and that's why she she kind of did it but I don't know if that's like confirmed or whether or not that letter affected her decision in any way I think she had previously tried to kill herself and it didn't work or something so yeah, there's all sorts of things. There's also a story of Hitler like digging his own grave next to Gelly's grave because he wanted to be buried with her. Oh, okay. but I, again, I don't know if that's a true story or not. So there's so many biographies uh, out there about Hitler and and Ava. Um, I will at the end kind of put some references out there if you want accurate information about Hitler. Ian Kershaw's Hitler biography is the only one. I mean, not the only one. There are other great Hitler biographies out there, but just go with the Ian Kershaw one. It's really long, but it's readable. That's number one. <laughs> okay, so da, 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 this isn't about her. I mean, it is in a way, but here we go. Um, so Eva herself actually attempted suicide in August of 1932. But most people say her attempt wasn't a real attempt and it was like a bid for Hitler's attention. Okay. It does seem like women are attempting suicide around Hitler. Left, right, it's all over the place. Basically, if it was a call for attention, it worked. And Hitler rushed to be by her side. And by the end of 1932, they were full-on lovers. Um, he, you know, she was the only one. From 1933 onwards, Braun worked as a photographer for Hoffman, not just an assistant. Both her and Hoffman travelled with Hitler as part of his, like, entourage. So for context, January 1933, the Nazi party come to power. And Hitler is chancellor mm. um so that's when everything in germany starts to change according to her diary which she wrote only for a couple of months but we do have having a diary from someone historical is amazing i know it's only a couple of months mm. but it's still like great to have yeah so she didn't stick with it she just literally yeah two it was like just, january yeah, to months. may or something um, which is a girl after my own heart because I am so bad at writing a diary. Every time I try, I do it for like <laughs> three days and then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm done with yeah. it. Um, so according to her diary and her biographer, Anurin Gunn, 
She also attempted suicide in May 1935, and basically Hitler responded again by rushing to her side, buying her a puppy, (laughs) moving her into a villa in Bogenhausen, and giving her an allowance. So it's like, he's not paying me enough attention. It worked last time. Let's attempt suicide again. How did she attempt it? I think this time was drug drugs like sleeping pills and the first okay. time was like she i don't know which way around it was actually one time was she tried to shoot herself in the chest and the other time was sleeping All right. powder i think yeah the first one was the chest and the second one was sleeping powder yeah he also called her my dear little one which is a, like a little bit creepy seeing as she's like uh. a y- lot younger um and this is confirmed by uh. letters that her maid saw so her maid gave an interview because um, she's like still alive like 10 years ago so i watched that into and it's quite interesting what she said about their relationship creepy bastard well, that's not so by much. 1936 <laughs> ava was part of Hitler's household at the Berghof and in bavaria you know the mountainous like bavarian oh, yeah, yeah. kind of villa he had and she had like adjoining rooms with hitler um but she mainly still lived in Munich. She also had an apartment in Berlin, which was designed by Albert Speer, which is, again, a little bit weird. Um, so, in terms of like Nazi ideology and being involved in the party and stuff, this is where it gets a bit hazy. So Ava attended her first Nuremberg rally in 1935. This is where he, mm. she met Hitler's half-sister. I'm going to say Angela, but obviously it's like Angela. And Angela didn't like her. But mm-hmm. that didn't bother Hitler. He just got rid of Angela instead. Threw her out of the house. <laughs> and everyone realised at that time that obviously Ava was like not someone to not like <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Um, however, Hitler wanted to present himself as like a chaste hero. He was like a warrior. He didn't want to appear like he had, you know, like any distractions. He also wanted to appear available, like a bachelor. So they were never seen together. In fact, most of the German public en masse didn't even know of Ava's mm. existence until after the war. Oh, wow. There is one picture of them together, which is at the 1936 Winter Olympics, which were held in Berlin. Um, but nobody seemed to kind of take notice, or the German mm. public didn't really take notice. Braun's political influence was very minimal. She was never in the room with, when he was talking about like big decisions. He, she was always sent out of the room or knew to leave. It's not like mm. she was, you know, inputting to the conversation. Yeah. She was also not a member of the Nazi party at any point. Okay. She didn't really seem interested in politics. She liked sports and clothes and the cinema and makeup, but she wasn't really interested in politics. I think she liked being involved, or the mistress of, in inverted commas, one of the most powerful men in the world. But I don't think she really cared how he got there or what he did while he was there. Yeah. She continued to work for Hoffman throughout the war. She took a lot of photos of the Nazi inner circle that actually sold for really high prices and would be really, really valuable now, if any of them still exist. She also held the position of, quote-unquote, private secretary to Hitler, which meant that she could come and go and nobody would like think twice about it. Because Hitler mm. did have a secretary um, who famously wrote 
a book which is her oh, diaries yeah, yeah. and that got turned into the amazing film downfall so the fact that he had like a secretary and a private secretary a bit weird but everyone seemed to not notice <laughs> i guess no one's gonna question that <laughs> no, are they no one's gonna question anything <laughs> um so one of ava's biographers said that braun and hitler had like a normal sex life but there's debate on this and i don't know why there is historical debate on Ava Braun and Hitler's sex life, <laughs> but there is. Yeah, I was um, about to say. <laughs> Hitler's secretary, the one who wrote the diary, said that he gave up sex when he came to power. But Ava's okay. maid said that they do did have sex and had like anecdotes about her having to go to the doctor to pick things up for Ava. So who knows which one of them was right. There is a little bit of one that... A little bit of an anecdote that may confirm... Ava's made story is that there's a famous picture of Neville Chamberlain sitting on Hitler's sofa when he came to try and yeah. negotiate with Hitler, and um, and she said something to a friend in a letter, like if he only knew what had been done on that sofa. <laughs> so that kind of makes you think that something naughty has happened on that sofa. But hey, hey. So on the third of June, nineteen forty-four. Braun's sister Gretel married SS Gruppenführer Hermann Fergeinen. Oof, bet my pronunciation is horrible there. Sounded good though, didn't it? Who <laughs> who worked for Himmler? So Hitler used the event to allow Ava to like appear at official functions, and she was introduced as Fergeinen's sister-in-law. So it's like. Not like, okay. this is my mistress, or okay, this is yeah, my yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. No, this is his sister-in-law. As a little bit of interesting history on this guy, Fleglinen was caught fleeing to Switzerland at the end of the war, and Hitler ordered him to be shot for desertion. He was shot in the Garden of the Reich Chancery on the 28th of April, 1945. If he had waited, like, oh two days, Hitler himself <laughs> would have been dead. I mean, still a bad guy, but like exactly yeah, still. Yeah. okay so in early april braun traveled to munich and then to berlin to be with hitler in the bunker she refused to leave the bunker as the red army closed in on the capital sometime after midnight on the 29th of april hitler and Eva were married in the bunker it was witnessed by goebbels and martin Bormann, who is hitler's like kind of bodyguard yeah yeah martin Borum is an interesting like interesting Nazi in terms of history because we don't know what happened to him. Yeah, he just vanished. He just like vanished. Place, yeah. um, a lot of people think he went to South America, or or maybe the Red Army got him and didn't admit it or something. So yeah. interesting one, but obviously we know that Goebbels, his wife, and all of their children um, committed suicide. Which is pretty grim. Ava legally changed her name to Ava Hitler. Um, she signed the wedding register, Ava Hitler. And at 1pm on the 30th of April 1945, Ava and Hitler said their farewells. And at around 3.30pm, several people reported hearing a gunshot. A few minutes later, Hitler's valet entered the room and found the two bodies. Ava had taken a cyanide capsule and Hitler had shot himself. Interestingly, Hitler also took a cyanide capsule at the same time and shot himself while he was taking the capsule, just like, make sure that he died. Because, like, you know, because he was psychotic. But um, Ava, at this time, was only 33 years old. Oh, yikes. Yeah. So when I said she had a short yeah. life, this is even shorter than 
Ada Lovelace, who was 36. Yeah. And this is probably the youngest one. Sony, that's younger than you, and only a couple of years older yeah. than me. <laughs> so, yeah, Grimm, for those of you that are interested, they burnt the bodies in the Garden of the Reich Chancellery. Um, the remains were found by the Soviets, and Hitler's dentist confirmed the remains were Hitler's and Ava's. Weirdly, I have a scan of Hitler's skull on my computer. <laughs> if anybody would like to see it, please tweet me. Um, it was for a TV show that I worked on a while ago. Um, it's not just for my own random <laughs> collection. So the rest of her family survived the war and her mother lived to 96 years old. So oh, that yeah, she, yeah, that's, that is crazy. Her younger sister had a daughter and she named her Ava. Her older sister wasn't at any time part of Hitler's inner circle and she died in 1979. So she had the best innings. So we come to the debate here of innocent or complicit. Do this thing. It's debate her complicitness. <laughs> so let me just like point out a couple of things that other people have said on this. One side of the debate, obviously, that Eva was like an innocent in all of this. She was swept mm. up by like historical forces. She was only 17 when her and Hitler met. He yeah. was decades older and a seasoned politician by this time. Um, she was Hitler's lover, but she was being constantly pushed out of the inner circle. Hitler distanced himself from her in public and his political ambition always came before her. She never herself joined the Nazi party and wasn't interested in politics. She was actually called Featherbrained by Heinrich Hoffmann. Um, the author of The Lost Life of Eva Braun, who is called Angela or Angela, probably, <laughs> Angela Lambert said, she was a decent, well-brought-up, middle-class girl who was not anti-Semitic, never joined the Nazi party, but had the misfortune of falling in love with a monster. Mm. However, some say she was complicit. Author Heike... I'm really sorry about this pronouncing. Author Heike Gottenmaker, who wrote Eva Braun, Life with Hitler, said... Her life should not be called lost or tragic. She wanted to be at Hitler's side and fought very hard with all means to achieve that position. She was in a long relationship with Hitler, over 10 years. Hmm. Um, Over, yeah, like 16 years, I think. Um, We really expected she spent all that time just watching films and reading magazines and painting her nails. She said herself that she was the mistress of the greatest man in Germany and in the world. Are we supposed to believe that she was only oh, interested in him romantically? Grottermaker says she certainly was informed about the persecution of Jews and the deprecation of their rights. And I have to agree with him on this because the deprecation of Jews' rights were made into law. There's no way she didn't yeah. know about this. But how yeah, far... Yeah, absolutely visible. How, did she know about the concentration camps? Did she know what was happening to them? We don't know. Like, we have no I mean, idea. Like, just- I'm not sure if people in Germany just knew it was happening. People were just vanishing, like, I guess, yeah. yeah I mean, like, but how much did she see that? You must have noticed. <sighs> mm. um, I, one last quote, one final quote, um, is from Albert Speer. So Albert Speer is um, someone who also wrote diaries. Um, there are quite a, lot, quite a lot of Nazi diaries out there, so Albert Speer is one of them. And he said that the only time she 
she took interest in politics in 1943 when Hitler had instructed Speer to stop all production of women's cosmetics and she got really angry and Speer says that Eva Braun will prove a great disappointment to historians. And I think that is really harsh and also kind of funny. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting. I fall down on the side of one, she couldn't have not known anything. Yeah. Like, there's no way that she was completely in the dark. Like, obviously she wasn't yeah, in the room for like she wasn't at the Von Z conference, like, where they decided yeah. to, like, exterminate the Jews. But also, yeah. like, she she was in a 16-year relationship with Hitler. She knew something. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Two, I think that it's quite right to say that she fought very hard to be by Hitler's side. Mm. And, I mean, she attempted suicide two times to get his attention. Yeah. And that that shows, like, you know, that she was completely devoted to this man, her whole life with this yeah. man. She took her own life at the same time as him. She mm. probably could have survived the Red Army. Like, they probably wouldn't have shot her. Yeah. I mean, she might have been imprisoned and then, you know, or something. But she'd... And she could have fled. She didn't need to go to the bunker. However, and nobody knew she was Hitler's mistress, so she probably could have got away scot-free. She decided to die with Hitler. And four, I just don't believe that anyone who was that close to him didn't at some point hear his ranting. So Hitler you did it a lot, is so. famous <laughs> for being a ranter. He just loved to talk about all the things he thought were wrong in the world, including all the people he wanted to persecute and all the things that he wanted to do. And this is like, you know, the height of war. And I just don't believe that she wouldn't have heard any of that. And whether or not that went over her head, I can't comment on. I don't know how intelligent she was, and I don't know I wasn't there. But I just don't believe she's entirely innocent. I don't believe that she is as bad as Hitler or as bad as half of the people that were involved in his inner circle. Or all of the people that were involved in his inner circle. But I I don't think we should brush her off as, like, this innocent flower. Yeah, I agree. Like, she can't... Yeah. She's, like, responsible for the relationship she had with Hitler. Like, to say that she was... I mean, she was well brought up. She wasn't She wasn't stupid. Like, her father was, like, a, a schoolmaster. Like, it said before, she was well brought up. Like, to say... She's brought up, like, Catholic to, as well. So she was, like, brought yeah. up with moles in her life. To say that, like... To take responsibility away, to, like, to let her off like that. It's probably quite inherently sexist to be like, oh, she was just a ditzy woman, she knew what she was doing. Like, no. I mean, she might have been a ditzy woman. I can't comment on whether or not she was ditzy. Like, she could have easily been. Like, defensive. But I also don't want to, like, yeah, like you said, like, I don't think we could brush her off. I also don't think that anyone knows enough about what went on in private to, like, be able to say that she didn't know anything or to say that she wasn't anti-Semitic. Like, where Mm. does that claim come from? I'm not saying that she was. I'm just saying you can't say point blank that she wasn't, you know, didn't have the same mindset as Hitler because she was young. He probably influenced her mindset. So she probably was in the mindset of, of the same similar things that he believed because she wanted him to like her. Yeah, there's nothing... 
There's no evidence of her like disagreeing with him. So no, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, apart from when he haunted all production of ladies' makeup. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there are like Nazi women that are there are interesting histories of Nazi women as well. Irma Graf's being like the top one, hmm. and yeah, I think if there had been anything like big that had happened. There would have been yeah. some record of it somewhere. Like there always seems yeah. to be a record somewhere of something. Like mm. obviously Hitler's secretary would be like, you know, the most famous one. But I just don't know. I really don't know. It's it's a it's a tough one, but I, I fall down on the complicit side of the debate, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just too close to uh to be let off, I think. It's an interesting one because yeah, there's not much out there. There are those two biographies that I mentioned. Um, so one of them is more focused on like their relationship, and then mm. one is the the lost life of Ava Braun. So it's more like focused on her. Yeah. So there are two biographies out there, and it's a short life to chronicle. Yeah. Um, but I think it's. I suppose there's there's only two actually. I thought there might be more. I think there are there's more, kind of... but these are the ones that are focused on her. Yeah. And as opposed to like Hitler's mistress or you know yes, etc. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. The trashy ones. There are many trashy ones out there. Oh my god, you have to be so careful with <laughs> reading books about Nazis, the Nazi Party, Hitler, um yeah, stuff that went on during the war. Because there's so mm. much like trash out there. I'm so yeah. sorry people work hard on these books, but like do your research of which ones like I said, Ian Kershaw's Hitler, it's long, but it is informed. Yeah. Always look into the academics. There's some good fiction out there as well. Alone in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, and there's some fiction out there. I've seen... So I bought from a charity shop The Tattooist of Auschwitz, and I have yet to read it. Um, it is on my never-ending pile of books to read. <laughs> which I never... Like, if I just... I had these books on my shelves for the rest of my life. I would probably just about finish them. Like, there's so many that I haven't read. But um, I've heard two sides of the debate with this book. Hmm. So I've heard some people absolutely love it. My cousin, it's like her favourite book. Yeah. And then some people say there are much better books out there depicting, like, yeah, fictional accounts of mm-hmm. um, the concentration camps. So I'm te- I'm like tentative. I don't want to like I want to read it because I've heard good things, but I'm also like going in with some yeah trepidation. <laughs> it's got to be su- such a hard thing to write, such a grim thing to write. Yeah, absolutely. It's there's a series of books by a woman called Jane Yolen. I might have told you about her before. I can't remember. Or Jane Yolen, which is she writes children's and young adults fiction about the oh, holocaust yeah, yeah. yeah so the devil's arithmetic is one about Auschwitz and there's one called mapping the bones and they're books for introducing children and young adults into the stories of the holocaust without scaring them silly and they are really yeah. really really good so that's where i'd start even if you're an adult and you've never read a book about the holocaust before you could try starting with the devil's arithmetic because it is really short it's from the perspective of a child. Then you can read If This Is Man by Premier mm. Levy, episode two, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Alone in Berlin, which is 
obviously not Holocaust based, but it is the war, the the rise of the Nazi Party from the perspective of someone who's like tentatively like cautious about what's happening. But obviously, it's yeah. difficult to be that way. Um, and yeah, that would be some recommendations. Ugh, my mouth is so dry. <laughs> what have you been reading? At the moment, what am I reading? I just started reading um, Facing the Rising Sun by Gerald Horn, one of my favourite academics. It's fantastic. It was, all his books are actually sold out on Amazon at the moment. What? That's crazy. Of, like, everything that's going on. Because he's written kind of, he's basically written about, like, a lot about, like, the history of racism. Oh, okay. Mainly in America, but also in the British Empire and elsewhere. What's... So he wrote a really good one um, that I really want to read and I haven't read it yet, and it's sold out. And he's, like, an academic. Like, I've never seen, like, full-on actual academics books selling I love like, that Amazon that's before. my favorite it's so cool yeah um but it's good that his name is is getting around so he wrote uh the apocalypse of settler colonialism uh which is one that sold out and the other one this one's really good is the counter uh, the counter revolution of 1776 slave resistance and the origins of the united states of america oh that sounds great so they're both uh, available on kindle but the uh um yeah but yeah i'm reading um Facing the Rising Sun, which is basically essentially like the uh, the history of um, Asia, uh, African Americans, Japan, and the rise of uh, Afro Asian solidarity in the lead up to and during World War Two. Nice, very and cool. How it kind of contrib- contributed to like the end of like Jim Crow laws and um, and kind of like set kind of accelerated, yeah, the end of kind of all of that basically, and um, towards like a, like a greater. The situation of like of better like racial like equality basically, it's quite interesting. <laughs> it's quite interesting. <laughs> but like, he wrote a really good one um, about the uh, ha- like how how Japan's kind of like war against Britain like influenced it in the British Empire as well, which is one actually one of the yeah one of the one of my like main like bibles essentially for like my my studies. <laughs> the amount of times I've quoted that book. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> of books that are like my bible. Like, yeah, oh, where it's just red cover to cover and it's all just like the spine is gone. And, yeah. yeah. I've I, I lent it to like one of Charlotte's uh, friends, annoyingly. <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to get it back. And I just keep asking, I'm like, am I going to get that back? Because that is like, that is like my number one book. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to use it. If I get on this PhD, I'm going to. If it's even it. happening, if academia yeah. academia is like shut down. I just found out that one of my students, my first ever teaching student, got into Cambridge. And I'm so oh, full yeah. of pride, but I'm also really sad that this is the first year she's gonna be going because yeah. it's gonna be so different to a regular uni experience. Like would she even like move up? I think she now? is, yeah, like, but they're they're doing all of their classes remote for at least the first term, I think, or something. Yeah. Which is just rubbish. Like you want to do freshers? Yeah, <laughs> I did freshers oh, no, every so year. Sad. I pretended I was a fresher every year. I was like, free pizza, yes, please. <laughs> free shots, that's mine. Ah, uh, so I missed out on that because I went to. I think I went to a university with like a proper campus, and I like went later. I did all of that when I was working at the Odeon. <laughs> <laughs> well, on to our most um, famous segment. What's Dan cooking tonight? Uh, prawn uh, curry with a uh, prawn curry, prawn pasta with a spicy, creamy tomato sauce, some fennel, courgettes, and uh, parmesan on top. 
Should be tasty. Sounds nutritious. <laughs> How are you? I'm cooking spaghetti with roasted yellow pepper and courgette and some nice. butter and parsley. That sounds tasty. Yes, I'm going to try and hold the cheese <laughs> because, yeah, of this whole health thing. Oh, I've yeah, got yeah. going on. <laughs> it's going to be difficult. Might have a little bit of cheese. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a little bit of cheese. <laughs> Go and find a... Uh, get your kicks where you can while this is all going on. And one of the places you can get your kicks is by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Have You Ever Pod. Yeah, do it. And uh, subscribing <laughs> to this. The actual thing, wherever you listen to it. And all the, just on all the platforms. Subscribe everywhere. And tell your mum and your dad and your family dog. and your friends. Tell your dog. Dog's really into history. So yeah, they love they it. Love it. We've got yeah, a big dog following. Soothing. <laughs> Our soothing voices. <laughs> and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.